0: Hey, bimbos, welcome to another episode of the Bimbo Podcast. I'm not gonna lie to you, I got stoned this week and watched old episodes of Radio Free Roscoe and I felt so fucking inspired. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? I love that show, they were so famous to me. We're on the air. (laughs) Radio Free Roscoe. Um, Okay, so happy Monday. It is so nice to talk to all of you. Um, uh, Okay, would you rather be with the love of your life? They are perfect and amazing and you are so in love with them. But although they look perfect to you, they look like a literal troll to the rest of the world. So they're super hot to you, but they're ugly AF and weird and have a crazy voice like, Hello? to the rest of the world you introduce them they're like hello i'm christopher but to you they're like hey i'm chris like they're so hot or would you rather be with the hottest person in the world to everyone else so the whole world is jealous that you're with this person they're so fucking hot they look like liam hemsworth but in your eyes they're only average which one would you rather I think I would choose a troll to me but a tr- or a troll to everyone but hot to me because if he has a great personality and he's really funny then he could win everyone over eventually and I feel like also he would feel so lucky to be with me because <laughs> he's a troll you know it's like the Marilyn Monroe quote if you can make a girl laugh you can make her do anything remember that like Remember on Instagram in 2012 when all of the girls would post Marilyn Monroe photos and GIFs with quotes that we never really knew if she said that or not? (laughs) Also, okay, this is another like shower thought I had this week. Do you think couples therapists take sides? They have to. I would. But then, see, like, I don't know, because I struggle with it because you would come across couples who are, like, super, super sweet and nice. Like, both of them are super, super sweet and nice. They just have some issues in their relationship that you could help them figure out, and you'd be cheering for both of them. There would be other couples where, like, one person is such a dick that you just, like, want the other person to leave them. Then there would be couples where both of them are the worst human beings alive, you know? (laughs) Okay. So now I'm going to cut to the motherfucking chase. Um, so here we go. Uh, this week we are talking about one of my favorite fucking subjects. What is that subject you ask? Drum roll catfishing not actually physically catfishing. We're talking about catfishes. So what is a catfish, you ask? Well, it's someone who doesn't look like their pictures. So this is a weird thing and we're going to get into it, but a catfish is someone who doesn't look like their pictures so much that they're either first pretending to be someone else like they fully steal someone else's photos, rename them a new name, create a fake identity and talk to strangers online and and pretend to date them and and kind of actually do date them. It's really sick. And b, they are technically the same person in their photos. This is a different kind of catfish. They don't steal other people's photos and pretend it's them. They pretend to be someone else in their photos where they Photoshop their original image so fucking much they don't even look like their photo in real life. And we've all kind of seen that. I know when I worked in Toronto in laissez-faire. I would like see, like say a guy I liked would be liking all these girls' photos, and I'd be like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. What the fuck? Like, I'm so ugly. Oh my God, they're perfect. And I'd see them in real life and they were not ugly in real life, but they did not look like the Bella Hadid that they were portraying on Instagram. So this is like extremely common in big cities. Um, I find in Edmonton, it's way less of that culture. Like People just post like a photo of them with their dog. There's no bullshit around it. They just like feel accepted as who they are more here, I think. So they just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different culture here. But in Toronto, it can get really, really bad. I'm sure in Edmonton or smaller places, it can get just as bad. But I just don't know any of those people. But yeah. Also, I feel like if you're a good looking person, this may have happened to you where your own identity has been stolen. And good looking people's identities get stolen all the time or photos get stolen all the time and pretended to be catfish. Um, I don't want to brag, but one time it happened to me and there was a Tinder profile named Ashley and they had stolen my photos. And I have to be honest, I wasn't upset at all. It was like one of the most flattering things that have ever happened to me in my life. I feel like maybe I'm just not the good looking enough to fucking complain about that. I'm like, oh my God, someone wants to pretend to be me to, to, to try to get laid. Like, this is awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it is bad to steal people's identities, especially like I noticed with like some of the girls, they'll steal your, they'll, they'll steal an identity and then like say they have OnlyFans and shit. I think that's evil. But I think if it's just like a little like, like a, like a desperate person trying to pretend that they're hot online and they use your image like come on like that's flattering as fuck like (laughs) the leo in me (laughs) okay so the weirdest thing about catfishing is we all catfish to a certain extent right like at the very least we don't show our worst moments on social media or in photographs and that's where like i get confused because humans are naturally deceitful in certain ways like before social media, when we all had disposable cameras as kids, like we weren't going to take a picture of, you know, ourselves crying or our siblings being mean to us or our parents arguing or anything like that, and then print them off and put them in scrapbooks. It was like family vacation when we're all so happy in the scrapbooks. Like we weren't altering our noses or the way that we looked, but, you know, and women naturally Not naturally. Women alter the way they look every single day to fit into society. Like it's a standard to wear at least mascara or some kind of makeup. So we're encouraged to catfish, but then when we do it too much and you don't look anything like you actually do, then it's bad. So there's kind of this interesting, like acceptable, acceptable rate of how much you're allowed to be deceitful for others' approval before it becomes too much and you're socially punished for it or shamed. And that's what I find so interesting. You know, like God forbid we just be ourselves without makeup, with our guts hanging out, like society wouldn't like that. But if we put too much makeup on, then we're fooling others and we're deceitful and we're bad. And that's, I think that's interesting for sure. And even in the 1950s, like women who wore a lot of makeup and bullet bras and hip pads, uh, they were accused of being false advertisers. And there's even like old air force jokes that my grandpa would tell about those kind of women. And so the catfish culture has always existed and it's really, really interesting to me. And so like at what point Just showing off your best features, makeup, nice lighting, you know, contouring your abs or whatever, become a catfish. Like, I don't look like my filtered face, but I also don't look like how I look like with a bra and a dress and makeup on in the evening. Um, So how much deception is acceptable in the realm of honesty? And I find that really interesting because it varies culture to culture. Some cultures are extremely accepting of plastic surgery and filters and whatever, like Brazil. And then like in Norway, they've started to make it law where if you use any type of filter, it has to say on the photo um and it's it's just interesting it's kind of like a bottom line that i find fascinating and now i've been talking a lot about women but i also want to talk about how men catfish oh men do it fucking too. So men catfish in interesting ways. They'll try to kind of like maybe wear an expensive watch, even if they don't have that much money or drive a really fancy car, even though they can barely make the payments to show that they have money when they may not to get a partner. Um, men also, this is like, men, this is the biggest way that you lie. This is the biggest way that you're a catfish. Listen, I have white eyebrows and white eyelashes and like I don't think anyone aside from like my immediate family has seen my white eyebrows. It's okay to see my white eyelashes, but literally no one since I was 12 have seen my white eyebrows. It's my biggest insecurity. I catfish the shit out of them. If everybody knew I had white eyebrows, the world would collapse. So like, I'm here with you guys. Like, Don't feel judged by me talking about this shit because I'm just as bad as anybody. Uh, Guys lie about their height a lot. And like I looked it up on WebMD and about 27% of men that go into the doctor's office lie about their height. Before they get their height taken. So that's a lot. Um, But I also think it would probably be around 40% on dating apps. And that's something that's so sad. On the dating apps, a lot of guys, you know, have to lie about their height in order to get matches. And as soon as they lie about their height, they would get so many more matches. I understand why they would lie. You know, none of this stuff is like, it's sad, right? Because no one catfishes. I mean, some people catfish when they steal people's identity to get money and stuff and they're evil, but most people embellish the way they look or the way that they are in hopes of being accepted and loved, which is the hardest part about catfishing. So now I'm going to tell you guys a catfishing story and, um, and, And this catfishing story is one of my favorite facts in history. So there's all, I, I've always wondered, like, are there catfishes in history? Like, what the fuck, who the fuck was catfishing before social media? And like, you know, you know they were because corsets were a thing and shit. Like, people have always lied about the way they look. But I always wondered, like, who catfished in, like, the fashion of Kylie Jenner before back in the day right so first of all we have napoleon bonaparte he was like a french conqueror he was like a warlord he was so fucking good at war i don't know how because he was five foot five he was the shortest little guy the english used to make fun of him and he was always painted on a horse Always painted on a horse because it made him look like you couldn't really tell he was super short, right? He also always put his left hand in his jacket. You never saw his hand, both his hands in the photos. And that was really weird. There's all different like theories about that. Like maybe he mangled his hand in war. And then other people said, no, he's just always rubbing his tummy because like he died of like stomach cancer. He always had a sore tummy. It's weird. Anyways, Napoleon, shout out to you. You weren't the best for the world, but you got it done. Okay, but here is the ultimate catfish story, and I'm going to tell you guys about it right now and it is my favorite fucking dinner party story. So here we go. Here is a little medieval times with sky and the catfish in the fifteen hundreds doo doo do I want to be playing medieval music right now you know the biggest catfish in history, in my opinion. Her name is Anne of Cleves. Okay, so Henry VIII was king of England from 1509 to 1547. He had six wives. The first was a nice Catholic girl from Spain, but then he fell in love with this bitch named Anne Boleyn, who convinced him to divorce his first wife. But the first wife, who was a good Catholic girl, was really close with the Pope and a lot of, other, a lot of uh, all the other Catholic countries in Europe. And so the Pope was like, no, nah, I'm not granting you a divorce, dude. And Henry VIII was like, okay, fuck you then. I'm going to start my own church. So he broke off from the Catholic Church and he created the Church of England and then he granted his own divorce which was wild. Um, so anyways, he granted his own divorce and married Anne. And then with Anne, it didn't work out. He actually ended up cutting off her head, called her a witch and accused her of having sex with uh, her brother. I should just say syphilis was really common in these days and made everyone really cuckoo. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, Anne died. She got her head cut off in public and then he married this girl named Jane Seymour, but she died after childbirth. So henry unfortunately needed a new wife but unfortunately for him he had a really bad reputation in england like really bad or all over europe uh among the aristocracy of europe because he accused his well he just dumped his first wife then he said his second wife was a witch who fucked her brother and then the third wife died in childbirth but a lot of people were like hush hush he actually murdered her in cold blood and like it was bad so he had a little trouble in the dating field he also was like four at this time and super fucking fat like really fat if you look at his armor by the time he died it was like as tall as it is wide he was just like one giant chode oh the ghost of Henry VIII is gonna come get me okay so they're really having trouble there aren't too many excited princesses in the land that want to be with Henry VIII so Henry's BFF and top advisor Oliver Cromwell uh, suggests that maybe they should do like a political marriage with Germany. Um, the Cleves in Germany, William Duke of Cleves, because he was in Western Germany and they were all Protestant there. So they thought like, okay, fuck the Catholics. We're all going to get together and then we'll defend ourselves from the Catholics. So, uh, Henry's down, but first he wants to see what this girl looks like for the political marriage and her name is Anne of Cleves. So, I. In 1930, oops, in 1539, we're not in the 1900s right now, Henry VIII sent his favorite court painter, who he could trust, he thought, Hans Holbein the Younger, that's a real name, to Germany. Uh, So he told the painter basically like, hey, dude, hey, Hans, I need you to go paint her like she actually fucking looks. Do not embellish because, weirdly enough, catfishing and portraits was more common than you think so um yeah it's crazy but they did that so anyways uh he was like paint her how she actually looks don't embellish and when you describe her to me don't fucking embellish Hans and Hans was like I got you but then I'm pretty sure Thomas Cromwell was like Hans embellish the fuck out of her she's not that hot and we need Henry married to this bitch so Hans goes over and paints Anne of Cleves and paints her a lot hotter than she actually is. He makes her eyes are more even in the photo and the portrait. Like he makes her skin nicer. She looks pretty good in the portrait. I'm not going to lie. So he takes the portrait back and is like, this is Anne. And Henry's like, oh, she's like a seven solid. Okay. Good enough. Bring her over. We'll get married. So Anne comes over for the wedding and Henry lays eyes upon her and says, I like her not. I like her not. That's a real quote. Uh, He is not vibing with Anne. Anne looks nothing like her portrait at all. Uh, So anyways, it's like. It's bad. I guess Henry was taken aback by her tall, big boned, strong featured face. It's just, it's not. It's a mess. He's not into her. It's the bottom line at all. So he has to get married to her though, because that's the fucking deal. And you're a royal. You're a king. You, you do what you say, right? So he gets married to her, and then the wedding night comes, and he tries his best. Comes, <laughs> he tries his best, but he, um, unfortunately, uh, has erectile dysfunction. And I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. And so he uh, really is struggling on their wedding night. And um, so anyways, uh, six weeks goes by, nothing, nothing still, no excitement. So he decides to annul the marriage to Anne of Cleves, right? But this is what's so interesting is Anne of Cleves is super, super smart. And so instead of her getting blamed for catfishing the king, she somehow is able to not only get annulled from Henry VIII, who smells like earring back and is weird as fuck, but she gets to own, like he gives her a bunch of properties in the countryside and full staff and like pays for the rest of her life for her to live out her days. She sometimes comes to court and is like a friend of Henry's and is like, hey, what's up? And like, chills and then goes back and like they just become bros somehow she gets that deal henry the cut off Thomas Cromwell's head and was like fuck you you deceived me and he got beheaded and then the painter actually kind of didn't get blamed for it. I don't know how the painter didn't get blamed for it either, but the painter didn't get blamed for the catfishing. He went on to paint everybody until he died of the plague. So, yeah, that's the story of the Anne of Cleves and the OG catfish of the OG catfish of the 1600s. That is the story of the Anne of Cleves. Okay, bye. Love you. See you next week.